What's good? Hi, Rukudo. Hey, how you doing? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Great. Um, guys, welcome to another episode of Trish and Susan. It's Trish here, and I'm with Rukudo Gawa. Um, he's a student of. Okay, you can just introduce yourself. <laughs> I, actually, I actually graduated. Um, hello, uh, my name is Rukudzo, and um, I I went to uh, Mount Saint Mary's High School, and then I um, I changed from Mount Saint Mary's High School uh, because they didn't have sciences, and then I went to Saint Faith High School in Rusape. Um, I did my sciences there, and then from there I went to Kalamazoo College in Michigan. And I just graduated with a degree in computer science and mathematics. And I'll be starting my job as a quantitative trader for the investment mm. bank in New York. Wow, impressive. That's impressive. I actually didn't know that you graduated. When did you graduate? I graduated in March. So oh. I graduated in three and a half years instead of four. Because you're super intelligent. Uh, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> So, how did you manage to graduate in in, in less time? Um, I had some uh, I had some terms when I took more classes than required. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so my classes ending up uh, early, so I was like, I'm tired of school, so I just graduated. All right. So you have no desire to uh, go on to masters or anything like that. Uh, maybe, maybe I could go for a masters, but. Uh, Okay, so now it's work. Definitely not thinking about it now, yeah? I, okay. I need some money. Well, congratulations, Rukuzo. Thank um, you. Yeah, so in light of... When, when are you said, graduating, actually? My degree is five years. And, oh, five years, okay. Um, right now, I'm in my fourth year, so I should graduate. 20. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Um, hopefully I don't carry too many courses to, you know, have an extra year. That wouldn't be great. Yeah. Yeah. So I was saying that in light of the, um, results, form six, form four results that recently came out, I thought it would be a good idea to, um, have a mini series of, um, talking to my friends that are abroad on how they managed to make it to different countries all over the world um, and, you know, study there and thrive there as you have. Um, so as the first part, the first episode of, of the series, which should be about three, four uh, episodes, uh, I decided that you would be the best candidate to talk to about this because we spoke a while back I think I was in like part two or something my second year and we were talking about how um, it would be nice to help with uh, some sort of career guidance or college application guidance for um, recent A-level students and O-level students Mm -hmm. to pursue college um, abroad so yeah that's why I thought you would be great for this. And yeah, so go ahead and tell us how your journey started from like your SATs and, and stuff. 
Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, that's a very uh, that's a very good platform that you have. Um, so um, my journey was uh, slightly different from from what it would be like for um, you know the the average Zimbabwean kid mm-hmm. because I was fortunate enough to be part of USAP. Um, for those that mm-hmm. don't know about USAP, that's um, United States Students Achievers Program which is run under Education Matters right now, used to be run under the United States Embassy. So what Mm. USA basically does is every year they select a group of 35 to 50 students Mm -hmm. who are academically excellent, um, show uh, leadership potential, ethos of giving back to the community, as well as uh, economic hardship. Mm -hmm. So, you know, basically Mm -hmm. high-achieving, low-income students. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be part of the 41 that were selected out of the over 3,000 applications yeah. from all the people who were in Form 6 at the time. Um, but from then onwards, the process is pretty much the same for everyone. Just that, you know, me being a part of USAP, I mm-hmm. think I had some sort of advantage. Uh, so how, how did you come across USAP and how did you get into USAP? Like, what are the requirements for being a member of? of USAP? Okay, so I discovered um, the USAP program when I was at St. Faith. Mm. I think I was in uh, first term of my upper six and I was speaking to um, an old colleague of mine who had gone to Maris Brothers and I had heard he had gone into the USAP program. And mm-hmm. this was actually about three days before the deadline. And he was telling me, like, that's a program that helps you if you want to apply to the U.S., mm-hmm. blah, 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 right? And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I want to, you know, I want to apply to this program. So I actually applied to the USA program on the day of the deadline. And mm-hmm. I think things have changed now. It's like electronic, and it's now you call USA community school where you go right into it after Form 4. So it's a little mm-hmm. different now. But at our time, um, uh, so I did apply. I think Panasha, you applied too, right? No, I actually I did not apply. I was I was scared to write SATs, uh, which is something that I I regret. Yeah, because so I, I I then just recently wrote my SATs and it's nothing to be scared of. But I was like, ah, I can't manage Zimsek and SATs oh, at the same time, which was yeah, you completely fake. To write SATs to apply for yourself. Oh, to apply. So, okay. To apply for USAP, you just had to write a couple of essays, submit your academic results, you know, talk about your goals and aspirations and stuff. So I did apply for USAP, you know, I quickly wrote my essays and everything and I submitted them. Um, And uh, from what I uh, remember, USAP chooses based on four main criteria, right? Mm -hmm. So one is academic excellence. You need to be, you know, top notch, top of your class. Mm -hmm. Um... Leadership potential. You you need to be showing some form of uh, leadership stuff that you do at your school. Um, then there is um, ethos of giving back to the community. They want people who, uh, you know, those kinds of ethos should be deeply rooted within you. Then last one is economic hardship. Um, USAP mm-hmm. tries to target those students who wouldn't otherwise be able to support themselves through the process. Because uh, as you as you would discover as I unpack the story, they assist you a lot financially, yeah. and the goal is to find you a scholarship. 
is mm-hmm. to find your full funding to go to college um as well as you know a community of like students so mm-hmm. that's basically the criteria for how your sub students are chosen so you know it used to be 35 students my pool was so competitive they selected 41 students All right um instead of 35 out of over I think it was over 2000 or 3000 applications or something Mm-hmm. So it was quite an accomplishment and it was exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I got into USAP. Okay, so and then your journey started uh, to applications. And I know that they, when I went, I went for a program called um, Africa Leader, uh, Yale, Yale Young African, Young African Scholars. Scholars. So that's, yep. that's where I heard about the, the USAP lady, the, the white lady from USAP actually came through and told us about it but i think i couldn't hit, wrap my head around it at that time and um i, I really don't know you know I, it, I i feel like going to the states was something that i could have easily done but then i just lost that opportunity somehow but you know you just trust god and trust the journey trust the process uh but yeah it, she, yeah. it was really encouraging and they they really do help you throughout um, your, yeah, your your application process. Uh, they help you with with your essay and and the SATs preparations and everything. So yes, yes. So you know, uh, people would think that you know USAP is just like a college access program, but it's more than that. It's a community. Mm-hmm. So you do get that help, but above it, you know, I think the the biggest benefit of being a part of USAP is that you are surrounded. You like by you're not them. alone. Yeah. You're not alone. You're surrounded by a community of yeah. students with the same dreams and aspirations. Mm-hmm. So as you get um, to the US, you 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 you're not overwhelmed by you know feeling alone and and everything. Yeah, if you need well. the process of applying, you have someone who is like helping you. You know, you have people mm-hmm. you can talk to and stuff like like I some of my best friends right now. Uh, some of the people who are the closest to me in my mm-hmm. life. Can, you know, I lost so many friends when I came here. Uh, and as time went on, it only got worse. But the people that really held on to me and the people that I held on to are my uh, some of my user brothers. Mm. Uh, you know. So, so from all over the world or from just Zimbabwe? Uh, Zimbabwe. My Zimbabwean user fam, yeah. All right. You know, even here when I'm in the States and I go to a different city, I just post in the user Facebook group and I say, mm. hey, I'm in New York. I'm looking for accommodation. Someone will take me in. Yeah, that's nice. I'm looking for a job, but you know, post. Uh, hey, I just graduated. I'm mm. looking for a job for someone with the computer science. Someone, mm. and they help is you out. Yes, USAP is a network. You know, it's huge. Mm. I could be trying to start a startup. Just say, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on this idea. I need funding. Does anybody know? I post in the USAP group. Somebody comes, comes in, and you know. Uh, I could be tired on a weekend. I know there's a large USAP community in East Lansing, which is a city about an hour away from me. You know, I can call them up and say, hey, come through. We have mm. a good time. So, you know, it's, it's it's more than just college access. All right. That's, that I, I, feel, I feel you. So walk us through your, your SAT journey. Uh, okay. So SAT journey. Um, so we we had a boot camp. Um, we had several where we you know we had several instructors come to you know 
kind of teach us how to approach the test and everything like that. Um, I took the SAT with essay. So we also kind of walked through that, like how to, you know, write the essay under pressure and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, on top of that, we got some resources. So we got some textbooks, you know, some, some website links and stuff like that. So basically from then onwards until the time I wrote, I wrote the SAT twice. And uh, why, why did you write twice? Uh, everyone wrote twice because they wanted everyone to bump up their scores. Okay. Yeah. So um, I wrote the S. So basically from then, I'd like after you walk through how to, you know, take the exam, couple of sessions with some instructors, some experts, these are like the top dogs for instructing SAT in Zimbabwe. Um, you then get your resources and all you have to do is study and then take the exam. That's pretty much mm. what happens for the SAT. Um, yeah. When you come registering, they pay for you and everything. So you don't need to worry about any of that. Okay. Um, and the SAT, for me, I was like I said earlier, I was a bit scared. I felt like, ah, it's too much. But it's actually a really... For the one I wrote um, when I was now in part three university, imagine, was just maybe that's why I felt like it was so simple, but it was basic math and basic yeah, it's just English. An, it's an aptitude test. You're not going to be mm-hmm. on Newton's laws of motion. Mm. So. Yeah, so it's something to definitely go for. Like, even if you're feeling a bit skeptical it's not it's nothing to be really scared of um to, to you shouldn't be scared to take it to anyone who's listening and is thinking about writing it and you're looking for a sign this is the sign go and write those essays yeah many, many people as soon as they hear the word sat they don't want to do anything but like um during my time i think the sat was 104 dollars i think mm-hmm. you can pay for it and take it you know prepare for it adequately it's nothing to be scared of yeah um okay so now you are in the u.s you've written your sats you are you've gotten help um getting to the u.s through by the way sat is just one part of the process it's just a small Mm -hmm. part of the process okay a lot that goes into it actually all right walk us through that so you have to write your essays right so Mm -hmm. i will tell you that i prepared my essays from april to october just perfecting your essays. Yeah, I was perfecting two essays. Okay. I was perfecting two essays. Um, some of them are like supplemental, so you get like a lot more uh, that are like shorter and stuff. I didn't take a lot of time on that, but there were essays that were major. Um, I think like one of them is my autobiography. Mm-hmm. I forgot what the other one was, but yeah, took me like lots of months you know, iteratively getting corrections, taking feedback from experts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that took a long time. And then, of course, like building the application itself, like uh, preparing materials on common application, filling up, filling in everything. That took so much mm-hmm. time. Um, then also working with College Board, you know, to get CSS profiles which is like our financial profiles that you have to submit to the college. Mm-hmm. Like gathering some documents, like the process that goes into gathering documents is like mm-hmm. intense because you need transcripts. And most schools in Zim, uh, like you'll be telling your senior master or headmaster that, you know, I need this 
transcripts, which basically you need your uh, all the grades in your report book to put on one little paper and make it into a transcript because we don't have transcripts in high school in Zimbabwe. We have like a report mm-hmm. book. And trust me, that process takes forever. And then you're going to need recommendations. And people are going to be so reluctant to like write them, take so much time and they'll be delaying. So you're going to need that too. Uh, if you have some supplemental awards that you want to submit, you need to, you know, photocopy them, put them together, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so a lot goes into it. And then finally, at the end of the day, hopefully you have your application complete by the deadline and all you have to sub- do is submit at that point. Mm-hmm. But it's quite a process. Um, and I always advise Form 6s to start... Uh, around April of their form six, which is like the last year of your high school. But mm-hmm. here's a problem. I get students who have gotten, you know, maybe 15, 20, 25 points, sometimes even, you know, 29, 30. And they're like, yo, I just got 25 points. How can I get a scholarship? And I'm like, it's too late. Mm. Because by the time your results come in, you should be holding an offer in your hand and you should be submitting mm-hmm. your results just for confirmation. Okay. So at that point in the game, you're looking at a gap year or you're looking at studying at a local university, maybe transferring or something. Yeah, and then that sometimes doesn't then happen because you're already comfortable and... Yeah, it doesn't happen. Once you're comfortable... Once you start... I always tell people, like, if you really want to go to the US... Don't go to... Take a gap year and give it your best shot. The moment you go to a local university you're going to get comfortable. You're going to make friends. You're going to enjoy the experience, everything. Like, you're just not going to do it. And the fact yeah, that yeah. you're trying to focus on these applications that are so demanding, whilst you're doing other things that are so demanding, doesn't work out. Yeah. But I know some That's... people who did it, you know. As some went friends who went and then... Yeah, I, I guess you you just be really focused on that, um, on on, like, leaving and stuff. But sometimes these things break your spirit and then you're overwhelmed also by your school, the school yeah, you're going at and then the application process. So, and yeah, I see, think maybe focusing we, on it. We have helps. a bigger problem with this as well because um, I've been speaking to a few students and a lot mm-hmm. of students don't make their decisions. The parents make their decisions. So mm-hmm. a lot of parents find it ridiculous that you want to take a gap year so you can apply to the U.S., um, you know, this, you know, they'll be like a lot of kids will be like, I'm gonna see what my parents will say, and that's when I start to have issues because many students in Zim they don't really make decisions for themselves, the decisions yeah. are made by either their parents or their system. Like, you mm-hmm. ask how many people did MPC, they did MPC because that's what students with 10 A's or better had to do, yeah, we're supposed to. Many, do. Like, I have people who are doing engineering and medicine, and they're miserable. Like, why did they yeah. do that? Because that's what a student with 15 points had to do. Yeah. And right now, you know, they're miserable. They hate what they're doing because they don't make their decisions. So, I, you know, I took that stance early on to start making decisions that felt uncomfortable and taking those risks. Because many yeah. people are scared that if, you know, if I make this decision and it doesn't work out, I'm going to look stupid. But then yeah. you got to take the risk, man, because the reward is worth it. Yes. And at the end of the day, when your parents will be, one, once it works out, they'll be like, ah, 
my son is in the US, uh, blah, 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 telling their friends and everything, and they're all happy. Um, and also, one, once you get the scholarships and everything, um, you've lifted a huge burden from, from their shoulders of having to see you through another four or five years of, of university. So um, I think our parents, they've lived a life where security in any space is, is, is important yeah, but to them, see, but sometimes you have to take risks. I, I don't even think that, you know, at this point, I don't think it's a matter of risk or mm-hmm. safety. I think it's mm. just a matter of uh, irresponsibility because, like, I don't, I don't expect an eighteen-year-old to be saying, "My parent, my parent, my dad, my dad." Like that, mm. that just doesn't make sense to me because that's just like you, you are a grown man at that point. Like, why are you just saying, "My mama, my mama," you know? Yeah, and so, it's your life. I was speaking to this kid. This kid got twenty-five points, and he was trying to decide if he should take a gap year or if he should go to university and apply from there. Uh, and I was saying, I'm gonna have to see if my dad will approve. And that's that when you know, I I, be, I became uninterested in that conversation mm. because I was like, this kid, he's not strong. He can't make decisions. Like if I try to help this kid, um, go through applications, he's you probably might waste gonna, your time. You waste my time and quit in the middle because you know he's a daddy's it, it boy. It gets overwhelming. So he's a daddy's boy at the age of nineteen. I was so disappointed. And I'm like, at this point, your, your, your 25 points are useless. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, we are intelligent up there, but emotional intelligence sometimes doesn't equate to intellectual like, intelligence. Um, so, yeah, now you've made it to the US. Um, um, you guys go for internship on holidays or you have to wait like for us on the fourth year or third year or whatever. Oh no, you don't have to wait. So um so as an international student, you can only do an internship after one full year of school in the US. Okay. So so that means that in the summer after your first year you can start doing internships. Okay. Um so what was your first one? what was my my first internship was very simple it was a small marketing firm uh about an hour away from my city where i was basically doing some marketing analytics uh it was like super simple mm-hmm. um actually i had a i had a first shadowing experience where i did software development with some guy that i met at my church and okay. you know he was just teaching me about how to do web development and stuff that one was unpaid. And I had the first one that was paid modestly. Um, I don't know if you have questions about that or if I should go to the second one. Um, no, you can go ahead to the second one. Okay, second one, I worked for an engineering company within the IT division. I was mm. doing software development as well. Um, and whilst I was doing that... Um, that's when I got my offer to do another internship the following summer. That's the summer after my third year um, okay. within the global markets division of an investment bank, basically doing trading. Um, okay. So I worked as an intern in a trading division, uh, and that eventually led me to my full-time job that I will be starting um, in July. Oh, Okay. Um, so what, what would you say for like, since you're more or less a senior now in the U S, 
for the guys who are probably in first year, uh, second year, the best way to secure um, internship and like where to look for internship and how to decide which internship is relevant to to you. Man, that's a very um, that's a very broad subject on its own. <laughs> uh, but I'll say as an international student, I mean for anyone, any student, mm-hmm. the key is starting early. Because um, there's a trend now where companies are hiring interns almost one and a half years in advance. Okay. Um, so I got my junior year internship. Uh, that's third year. I got my uh, third year internship about, uh, okay, more than a year before the internship was supposed to start. Okay. And that third year internship is extremely important because that leads you to a full-time job. Okay. But the way that most U.S. companies do is that they hire their full-time workers from the internship cohort. Okay. So, uh, you know, if you don't so get how a... do you come across um, these um, internship positions? They're posting them. LinkedIn. There's LinkedIn. You can just search in Google company websites. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. Sometimes okay. through recruitment events that happen on your campus, all that okay. stuff. Oh, okay. But I would say that the most important thing is to secure an internship in the summer after your junior year. If you don't have that, you'll be in some hot soup. Okay. Because right. well, when, you try to look like... for, when you try to look for a job in your fourth year, most positions are filled up oh, with, uh, by interns who interned with the company the previous summer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, interesting. <laughs> um, is there anything else you'd like to say about the whole um, experience that you've had in the States or anything, any advice you want to give to these kids? Uh, and also, I, wanna, I guess, you know, to... I want to say that, you know, coming to the States or being in college um, is a... It's a it's a it's a full experience. It's not just about school or you know your career and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that happen. You know, I say you know I want to urge everyone like enjoy your time in college. You know, mm-hmm. um, some of the friends you will make that will stick to you for the rest of your life are probably gonna be uh, mm-hmm. your your friends from college. So you know. Enjoy your time in college, obviously. Stay responsible and, you know, pass your classes, do what you have to do. But I say, you know, have a full experience of your college years, you know. Learn about mm-hmm. yourself, learn to think, you know, challenge challenge your norms, you know, kind of challenge yourself, put yourself in a space, you know. You know, train yourself to think critically. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's the beauty of uh, liberal arts education. You know, they give yeah. you critical thinking skills in you know, you can challenge some things that happen in this world. You can come up with new ideas, be innovative and stuff like that. So uh, I say, you know, have a good time, you know, mm-hmm. enjoy what you're doing um, and adjust as needed. That's that's really what I would say. But, you know, most importantly, like have fun, like just have fun with it. Um, and, you know, know that it's it's more than just your classes and your internships and, you know, enjoy. Yeah. Thank you for being on this podcast, Rukuzo. Uh, before you go, uh, I actually hadn't, I, I forgot to mention the part 
that's so unique about U.S. education, which is the liberal arts system. Um, I was very interested in that when I heard about it at the uh, Yale Young African Scholars um, camp that we went to. So, um, yeah, that was part of the reason why I was my interest was sparked in the U.S. But then also I was I was scared to go to the U.S. after all that I heard and like just it being the land of the free just made me feel like oh my god. I'll go haywire in the U.S. And also I had my sights on Europe, which didn't work out. And I think that's a less friendlier system than the U.S. system. So, yeah, just tell us about the liberal arts um, education system in the U.S. Liberal arts I thought it was very interesting. Liberal arts education is based on, you know, the liberal arts philosophy. You know, it's something that's meant to equip you with you know critical thinking skills thinking outside the box um mm-hmm. you know it just makes you a holistic person as a whole um, so it's like you pursue it's so many different yeah so basically what it allows you to you could be like an engineering major right mm-hmm. uh, but it allows you to in other areas like arts humanities mm-hmm. you name it it allows you to be you know it, it allows you to kind of, you know, uh, get your feet wet in some of those areas that you would uh, never would have otherwise uh, tried to, you know, venture into. So mm-hmm. that's why I like liberal arts. Like, I took, yeah, I took, uh, oh, yeah. I took a theater class. Um, okay. I took a comedy class. Um, I took a psychology class. Mm-hmm. Um, I took... What else? Um, I took some PE classes. And you know okay. what? I actually discovered that I didn't know how to study until my second year when I took a psychology class. No, my okay. third year. I, 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 psychology so class you, I you, you get to pick um, different classes all through your university years, not just the first year. Yeah, you pick the classes you want to pick as long as you're fulfilling your degree requirements. Okay. Yeah. So, in my third year, I actually took a psychology class, and that's when I actually learned how to study. Um, and how do you study? Man, that's a whole different subject. But um, <laughs> okay, like yeah, a lot of times in Zimbabwe, you know what we are taught? We are taught that to effectively learn, uh, what you do is you you read some text and you keep reading it repeatedly and repeatedly mm. until you until uh, until you remember everything. Mm. Like that's like absolute disaster that's not how you learn and i learned that so late in the game yes well um Um, how how did you find learning to okay well if if it's if it's um another topic then we'll definitely have you back on the podcast hopefully next time susan can join us i'm sure she will have some interesting questions to ask you as well yeah, for sure. Yeah, we could definitely, you yeah. know, we definitely talk about that. But this was some a of the great questions are, are very, are very broad and they're dense. Uh, you know, I would doubt that we can exhaust them within thirty mm-hmm. minutes. Like, you know, you ask like, how do you get an internship? That's a, that's a, that's a deep, that's a dense question. Yeah. All right. Well, so we'll definitely have you back then soon. We'll plan for it and and everything. I just wanted to have a short session where we talk to the A-levels and O-levels a bit to get them interested in it and then we hope 
Um, yeah. Um, there's a good response. A levels who want to come to the US, they need to start now. Um, <laughs> so, the, so these are form fives that have to now look into it, start yeah, getting a few I was of actually, it now. I was actually speaking to my friend who uh, she works at Microsoft and she graduated from Harvard. And okay. she told me that she started looking at applying to the U.S. when she was in Form 3. Wow. Yeah. That's that's some new purpose. And that's... We, we and look, she made it to Harvard. Harvard and Microsoft. Yeah, straight out of Christian That's Marvel. where focus gets you, man. That's quite... A, that's very impressive. Exactly. That's how it has to be. You have to start early mm. on. Yes. Uh, but even if it's late, even when it comes to SAT, the more you study, the 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 the, the ready, um, uh, the better you'll be prepared for for the exam. Mm. So you you find the better that, scores you get, the better your chances of getting a nice nice scholarship. Yeah, uh, in a good school, all that. So mm-hmm. even here in the US, like some uh, the rich kids, they get trained to take SAT from very early stage. All right. Um, well, maybe next time we can also have her on and stuff. Um, I was also thinking that maybe we should we should have asked Abel to Abel to join us, but I thought of that pretty late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, thank you for taking. Talk to me. Hopefully, Hopefully um, it'll be the audience and we can keep well, on, yeah. you know. If you need me to post the link or something, let me know. Yes, yes, definitely. I'll send you the link after I've posted it. Okay, for sure. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Panache. Nice talk. No problem. Um, I hope we do this again soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.